Okay, just before we start, just a few other things. I just want to, um, one of the, this is not part of my preach, but um, one of the greatest commandments that Jesus gives us is to love him. And then the second is quite like it. And it says this, love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, I just want to really um, say to us this morning that uh, with everything that is going on, um, why not give someone a call? I know we can't visit, so our pastorally um, visiting is going to be difficult, and it's something that we are um, having to really kind of look at at this time. Um, but if you know, especially for some of our older generation, um, so if you know someone, um, and they may be not here this morning, so like I was on the phone probably for about half an hour yesterday to Ruth, um, and just saying, listen, I, I actually think it might be good for you to stay at home, Ruth, and uh, we love you, and we're praying for you, and um, but, you know, I, I was listening to something the other day that talked about we can still love our neighbor. Let's, let's invent ways. It might be an email. It might be a Facebook shout out. It might be um, a text message, you know, a phone call. Let's FaceTime, you know, yeah. Skype, FaceTime so we can still see each other. You know, if, if everything kind of goes into a bit more of a lockdown thing, let, let's FaceTime one another, you know, because that's a bit more than a phone call, isn't it? And, uh, and actually, for some people, if they're isolating themselves and they, are, they live on their own, they're not going to have contact with anyone. So I just want to say to us this morning that uh, out of sight is definitely not out of mind in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And uh, so, so why not, you know, it, why not go through and, and find someone and, and phone them and make sure they're all right? I said to Ruth, if you need anything, you know, I'll drop a bag off at your door. I won't, I won't come in, but I'll just drop it off at the door, you know. And for maybe for some of our older people who can't get out as easily, you know, let's be church. This is when church really counts. You know, this is, this is when the body of Christ really counts. And just, you know, because there's all of this stuff going on, we can still be the body of Christ. We can still be, you know, the, the Bible says that God puts the lonely in families. We can still be that family. And so I really want to um, hopefully inspire us and, and in some things that I'm going to say this morning as well, um, to not let this bring division, to not let this, ice, even though physically we might have to be isolated, spiritually we don't have to be. And uh, so let's find ways that we can love on one another. Yeah. Let's find ways that we can be there for one another. And can I just say those three ways that Matt said we're going to communicate, please, please, please check your emails. If we have your email address, we are going to email you throughout the week. Please check it because it might be a prayer request for someone who's not feeling well or it might be. We can't do this connect group. I know some connect groups might be coming together here on Tuesday. So, you know, talk to your connect group leader and, you know, let, let's, let's make this work. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is not insurmountable and we don't want to bring panic and fear. We want to bring the power of prayer and the power of God into this. And, uh, and one way that we're going to do that is just by staying connected. Um, and it's just by, you know, keep, keep checking your emails. If there's an email from us, open it. I went on, you know, I sent an email out the other day and I got a message because I've got an app now on my phone and I got a message from MailChimp going, you know, 53% hadn't opened the email, all right? So the one way that we're going to find out what's going on is if we try and stay connected with one another. So let's do that. Check your emails, check Facebook, check the website and because uh, that will give you information that you're going to need. All right, and, uh, but we are just believing God throughout all of this. God is in control. Do you believe that? Yes. Are we there? Yes. We're still going ahead tonight with our prayer course. And, uh, so, and we'll, no doubt we will be praying at some point. I'm looking over here because Andy and Charlie have done an amazing job running our prayer course. 
and uh, we just had to hold off to see what was going to be said, which is why it wasn't on the news. But uh, we're going to come and we're going to have our, our prayer class. There's two left. If you've not been to any of them, come. It's a brilliant series. It's brilliant. In fact, we may end up, you know, we may do it at some point in Connect Group so more people get to do the whole thing. It's, I've loved it. I've absolutely loved it. And uh, so we're doing our prayer class here tonight. So I want to talk to us this morning about uh, generosity and um, maybe a little bit of a different look at it. And we're going to read from Mark 12, verses 41 to 44. So if you've got a Bible with you or an app on your phone, why not turn to it? You can check I'm reading it right. And uh, I want to read just a few verses to us about, and this is the story of Jesus, okay? It's part of the story of Jesus. And uh, it says this, if you've got there already, Mark 12, 41 to 44 says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all of the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. I want to look at this morning at some traits of generous people. And do you know what? I'm not, I'm not even just talking about money here. I'm talking about a generous heart. You know, because what we give will all start with, with how we feel and the attitude in our heart towards it. And uh, what I want to do is let's just look at three traits that we can see from this story about generosity. And the first is that, that a generous soul is usually a humble soul. And if you read this story, Jesus called this lady poor. Now, when we call someone poor, it might mean that they don't have a lot. Okay? And uh, they're poor. They don't have what? someone else has. And, uh, but when Jesus used this language in the, old, in the New Testament, when he said poor, actually, you can translate that, if you go back to the original, into humble. You see, because poor, poor and humble often go together in the Bible. And uh, so, so the, the kind of language that Jesus spoke causes us to believe that she was a humble woman. In Scripture, humility and lowliness or poverty are linked quite often. And God makes it very clear that, that, um, that he is there for those who live with humility. He is there for those who are humble. He is there for those who maybe on the surface don't look like they've got it all together, but actually in their heart, they're all in for him. And God shows us over and over again in the Bible that that's the kind of soul he wants. That's the kind of person he wants. The word humble means this, reduce pride, destroy independence, power or will, not proud or arrogant, have a feeling of subservience or inadequacy in the presence of someone greater. To be humble means to destroy independence. Oh, that hurts. Anyone else think that? I, I'm quite an independent person, always have been. I'm raising an independent daughter, and I now see the problems my mum had when I was younger. And, uh, and so, you know, independence, although, you know, in some ways is brilliant, in other ways, actually, it's, uh, it's something that can keep us away from God. And the, but the word humble means that there is a destruction of independence, power, or will. Humility is from the Hebrew word anana. And in scripture, it includes the idea of suffering or being lowly 
in stature. Do you know what? I think when individuals realize that they can't do life with all its responsibilities by themselves, and they realize they need someone else to help them, something begins to click into place in us. You see, we live in a world that says we should do it all on our own, which is why church sometimes is so, so kind of out there where it comes, because actually we all want to help one another, or we should, you know, and, and actually that there is a humbleness, there is a humility that comes, you know, as we um, begin to get closer to God and realize, actually, I can't do this life on my own. Anyone else come to that realization? I, I certainly have that I cannot do this life on my own. Humility is not playing down what you can do or what you're called to do. That's called false humility. Humility is not, I am rubbish. Humility, actually, I think is one of the biggest strengths we can have in our life. It's not saying I'm not good at something. I always thought it was. And so when, when someone said, oh, Joe, you're good at that, I always used to follow it. It's not me, it's the Lord. Do you know, do that, that humble thing. It's not me, it's, it's you. And do you know what? There is a truth to that, in, in that God works through all of us. But actually, to, to always be saying, I'm not good at something that I am good at, actually is a false humility. I'm not talking about that this morning. The humility I'm talking about, if we're going to be generous people, the humility I'm talking about is, God, I cannot do this alone. God, I need you. I need you in every decision. I need you in everything that I do. Ezra T. Benson says this, pride is concerned with who is right. Humility is concerned with what is right. You know, when we come and, and we're sometimes a bit full of pride, I don't know if you ever come to situations like that, I know I have, you know, we're concerned with I am right. And you need to hear that I am right. Anyone else do that? Yeah. You know, you need to hear that this is, that I am right. I, I have got the right thing here. I am saying the right thing. My opinion is right. And actually, humility looks at what is right. What is the best outcome for something? What is the best outcome, you know, for something in our life? That's what humility does. Being humble Gordon B. Hinckley says, being humble means that we are not on this earth to see how important we can become, but to see how much difference we can make in the lives of others. How much difference can we make in the lives of other people? Humility gives way to generosity in every form. And humility is not so much looking down on ourselves as it is looking up to Jesus for his will and his strength. Generous people are humble people. They're people who realize I cannot do this alone. This woman that Jesus talked about gave everything she had, so increasing her need of God in her life. Do you know what? Humility pleases God as it gives him space and movement in our lives. Because so often other things take that precedent. So often other things take the precedent of God in our lives. But James 4 verses 6 to 10 say this, you may think that the situation is hopeless, but God gives us more grace and we turn away from our own interests. That's why scripture says God opposes the proud, but he pours out grace on the humble. So submit yourself to the one true God and fight against the devil and his schemes. If you do, he will run away in failure. Come close to the one true God and he will draw close to you. Wash your hands. This is a bit of a good one for this week, isn't it? Okay, wash your hands. You have dirtied them in sin. Cleanse your heart because your mind 
is split down the middle, your love for God on one side and selfish pursuits on the other. Now is the time to lament, to grieve and to cry. Dissolve your laughter into sobbing and exchange your joy for depression. Lay yourself bare, face down to the ground in humility before the Lord and he will lift you up so that you can stand tall. I want to say to us this morning, church, that humility doesn't come to us because life happens. Humility happens because we choose it. Life doesn't make us lowly. You know, th- this woman wasn't, wasn't humble just because she only had two coins to put in an offering basket. She was humble because she realized her need of God and she made a choice to live her life and give everything that she could. The Bible says that God opposes the proud, but he graces the humble. Do you know what? This morning, our lives are graced with his strength, with his power, with his will, with his anointing, when we choose to empty ourselves of the natural in favor of the spiritual. You know, when we choose to empty ourselves, empty our lives of those things that crowd it and actually um, just allow God to fill it instead. Humility is always stronger than arrogance and pride, and, and it's what makes room for God's movement in our lives so that we can make a difference for other people. I think this woman's heart matched Jesus's heart as she gave. I always find it really interesting of where Jesus placed himself. He placed himself near the offering bowl. I always find that really interesting. And it's not because it's a big brother is watching you kind of thing. I think God sees heart through what we give. I think he sees our heart and he sees our motives through what we give. Your greatness will not give you a great legacy, but your humility will. Jesus chose her from the crowd, from all the people that were walking up, because the way that they would have done the offering is you would have walked down to the front and you would have given. From all the people who walked down the front, he picked out one person. And he didn't pick out the one who took the most money in. He picked out the one who gave her heart. And so this morning, I want to say to us that generosity in its full form, in everything, and we're going to look at that in a moment, but in, in everything that generosity does, it will all come from our hearts. Psalm 147 verse 6 says this, that the Lord sustains the humble. Do you know what? A generous soul, I think, has to be a humble soul. I don't think we can be generous and prideful. I don't think we can be generous and be someone who doesn't see our need of God. Because if we don't see our need of him, we probably won't see other people's need of him. And everything that we've been doing this morning is all about people's need of God. You know, in in this country at the moment, in this world at the moment, people need God. They need to know that there is someone who is there. That there is someone who has got control of this thing that seems to be out of control. Our God is a generous God. Our God is an absolutely generous God. And the more like him we become, the more generous we will become. So a generous soul is a humble soul. The second thing is simply this, that a generous soul is a releasing soul. Jesus sat and he watched as people gave and he had something to say about that. Because I think sometimes we get the question wrong in church life or in, you know, in in Christian life. I think the question isn't how much are you willing to give, but how much are we holding on to for me? That's the question that I felt God has asked me so many times. It's not how much will I give, it's how much will I withhold? How much will I hold on to? And, and, you know, at the moment, can I just say to us as Christians, if we say we follow God, 
You know, at the moment with the world in the turmoil that it's in, let's not hoard, let's give. You know, if, you, if your neighbor needs some toilet roll, let's get down to the, the real kind of, you know, bottom line here, you know, and you have 58 toilet rolls in a cupboard somewhere that you're just, you're keeping for like in three months time and you're using the 58 that you've got for the next few months, okay? Do you know what? Get some in a bag and take them to your neighbor. Because a generous soul doesn't withhold, a generous soul releases. If you're the one that's bought all the beans, you know, and why don't you take and give them? Do you know, because we can never outgive God. And, and the Bible says that when we give, God gives. That when we release, that God gives back to us. And, and you never know what difference it's going to make. You know, let's get down to real practical stuff. This, this might be kind of the last preach I have with you for a few weeks if, if, we, if we think it's going to go how it's going to go. So I'm just going to go for it. Because you've got a few weeks to get over it, people. Okay? So I'm, I'm just going this morning. You know, if you've got the pasta in your cupboard, don't keep it in your cupboard. Give it to your neighbor. You know, cook them a meal. Even, even better, just wash your hands first and wear gloves, right? But, <laughs> you know, this morning, let's not be people that hoard and that hold on to. Let's be people that give. I love the verse in, in, in Proverbs 31 where it's talking about the, you know, the virtuous wife that says that she, she holds out her hands. She, she gives to the poor. She gives to the needy. And do you know what the needy to, you know, today might be the neighbor down the road who hasn't gone and panic bought, okay? But, but you might have done a little bit. I went, I went to Tesco yesterday, and I was expecting, like, bare cells. It wasn't as bad as Facebook is making it out to be, okay? If you still do need loo rolls, Tesco at Cleethorpe still had some yesterday, all right? Just give you that bit for free, all right? But I want to say to us this morning, let's not be people that hoard. Let's be people that release and people that give because a generous soul, Proverbs says that the world of the generous gets larger and larger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And we're seeing it, aren't we, at the moment as people are battling down the hatches and although there, there is need for that and, and we've got to do, you know, what we're told from a health perspective, I think emotionally, I think in our minds and in our hearts, we can't shrink at this moment in time. We've got to be people with big hearts. We've got to be people who release rather than hoard. Can I just say to us, church, let's be church. Let's make the name of Jesus famous. We have a real opportunity here. We have a re if, if you're a Christian in here this morning, we have a real opportunity to be different. We have a real opportunity to show the world what Jesus is all about. We have a real opportunity to show your street and to show your family who might not know God, and, and to show those around us, we have an opportunity here to be different. Because our God is generous, and the Bible says that we're made in His image, and that when we come to Him, we're a new creation, that the old is gone, and everything is made new. And so, I, God, if I am made new, and I am made like you, I need to reflect you in my day and in my generation. And the way that we can do that right now is through generosity. And whether it is picking up the phone and making sure your neighbor's okay, whether it is, you know, cooking a meal, whether it is, actually, you know, I've, I've got all of this stuff that I've gone and bought, you know, I'm, I'm just going to find someone who needs it and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share. That's the heart of God. Generosity will always begin as an attitude before it becomes an action. An attitude of I'm not going to hold back, but I'm going to release things. Generosity is a heart thing. It's not a finance thing. It has nothing to do with amount, but it has everything to do with heart. 
and with what we, we refuse to release into God's hands. I want to go through some things that a generous soul will release. Are you ready for this? Because one of these just might hit home to some of us. I know all of them have hit home to me at some point in my life. First thing is a generous soul releases forgiveness rather than holding on to a grudge. And I, I don't know where we're all at this morning, but I want to tell you if we're going to have a generous soul, it's got a lot more to do, you know, and it's not just about an offering basket that goes past, but a generous soul, okay, will forgive rather than hold on to a grudge. Is there a grudge that you're holding on to this morning? Because if we're going to be generous people, spiritual people, God-filled people, actually we need to be people who release forgiveness. Whether I, I can remember sitting in a conference seven months after my husband had left me, and I sat there and I heard someone say these words, some of you will never get an apology, you just need to forgive anyway. And I'm saying this morning that there might not be an apology that comes to you, but this morning you need to be people who forgive. And we need to be people who release others, whether they know we've released them or not. And actually, I'm so glad that I listened to that one line in a preach, because if I hadn't, it would have held me back for years. And I chose at that moment, I am going to forgive, whether, whether it's deserved or not. Forgiveness is very rarely deserved, you know, whether it's deserved or not, whether I get an apology or not, it doesn't matter what happens. Actually, I'm going to be a generous soul. And do you know what I think? If I hadn't have forgiven, I wouldn't give in other ways either, because there would have been a hold on me. And so this morning, a generous soul releases forgiveness rather than holding on to a grudge. A generous soul releases finance rather than storing treasure in this life. It is so true, the Bible says, that where your, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where is our heart this morning? Because that's where our stuff will be. That's where the stuff of life will be. A generous soul releases time rather than counting the minutes. You know, when we're, when we're helping someone, when we're doing something for someone, do we, do we count the minutes? Or this is what I've given to them? You know, this, this is how long I've given to them. And so, you know, we kind of owed something back. But actually, a generous soul gives time rather than counting minutes. A generous soul releases kindness rather than holding on to it. Do you know, when you, if you can be anything in the world, be kind. I love that saying. It also goes, if you can be anything in the world, be Batman. But, you know, if you're not going to be Batman, be kind, all right? If you can be anything in this world, if you can choose anything to be, if you can choose anything to raise, raise kindness. Be kindness in a world where not many people do that. A generous soul releases friendship rather than building defenses. A generous soul releases people rather than holding them back. And a generous soul releases gifts and position rather than holding on to title. A generous soul. What are we going to do with this this morning? Because God does all of this. God doesn't, you know, bring us to account for our sin. God, the Bible says as far as the east is from the west, so far as God removed our sin from us. God forgives. God doesn't hold back. God propels us forward. You know, and this morning, are we going to be a generous soul? God still positions himself to see our hearts and how it expresses itself today through generosity that is released. As Jesus sat by the offering bowl, and that was one way of showing generosity. I think God sits and watches our lives today. He sits and watches our soul. He sits and watches how we're doing on these things. Generosity in any way, in any way is your heart expressing itself. And I actually think the opposite is also true. What we refuse to let go of is our heart expressing itself. And this is what the Bible says to us. Love God with all of your heart. 
So actually our hearts should express our love for God in every way in which we live. This is so challenging to me. It's so challenging as we go about our everyday life that actually our heart will express our generosity. What are we holding on to today? Its release will actually release us, bless us and move us into God's best for our lives. So a generous soul is a releasing soul. It's not something that hoards. It's not something that holds in for itself. It's something that releases. And then thirdly, a generous soul is a loving soul. God is the most generous person you will ever meet. This is what the Bible says, that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave, and he gave over and over and over again. And what he gave so often in the Old Testament was pushed back in his face. And what he gave even in Jesus is often pushed back in his face. Yet God continues to give over and over. God gives to me and I mess it up. And then he gives to me and I mess it up. And then he gives to me and I mess it up. You know, a generous soul this morning is a soul that is a loving soul. God gives to those in society that society overlooks. If you look in 1 Kings 17, verses 7 to 24, we're told the story of the widow at Zarephath. You know what? God organized to bless her if she would first be generous to Elijah. And when she was, the flour and the oil just kept on coming. God is so generous. We read in 2 Kings 4, 1 to 7 about the widow's oil and all the jars that she collected. You know, the oil just flowed over into every single jar. You know, if you read the story of Gideon, God called the unworthy. Jesus healed the man with leprosy. No one else wanted to do anything with him in Luke 5, 12 to 16. He had to live outside of the town. If he was going to walk near anyone, he had to shout the words unclean. Everybody knew he was an outcast. And no one wanted anything to do with him until Jesus. <laughs> until Jesus' love for him caused him to become healed. Jesus raised the widow's son in Luke 7, 11 to 18, the woman who had nothing, they were going to eat a lot, you know, the, her, her son had died and she was going to die as well. And then Jesus came. Yeah. Jesus' soul is so loving. God's soul is so generous in, and loving. You, you read the story about the woman who was caught in adultery. And Jesus came and said those famous words that let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Do you know what I love about Jesus here? He didn't defend what she did, but he did defend her. <laughs> Jesus might not always defend what I do, because sometimes what I do is wrong. Sometimes what I do isn't right in the kingdom of God, but Jesus will always defend me, because God is a loving God. And so this morning, whatever situation we've come in here from, let's be people who are generous with our love for other people. Even when you think they're wrong, even when you think the way they're living is wrong, we can still have a generous soul where it comes to loving them. This is, this is what I think, okay, and uh, you, you can take it or not, but I actually think there are some things that I'm not meant to always tell you are right or wrong because that's God's job. What I'm meant to do is love really well. 
What we're meant to do is the churches love really well. Do you know what? God will bring people on the journey into a place where he begins to talk to them maybe about their stuff. Okay, let God do that. And if God can use us, fantastic. But actually what we need to be is people who love really, really well. Jesus was so generous in every way. He never overlooked those who were humble in how they lived or acted towards him. I love the fact that Jesus' love was always genuine and was always unconditional. God never said to me, Joe, if you will come and do this, then you can know me. This is what God says, Joe, come on. I know that there's stuff in your life, but come on. Get to know me. And, and this is what I absolutely believe for us as a church, that people are going to belong first. People want to find somewhere where they belong. And then they might believe. And then it might change how they act. But the change in how we act doesn't come first. And when we're generous in how we love people, that actually gives them space and scope to find a God who can transform them and change them. Because the same God who can transform and change them transformed and changed me. It wasn't a person that did it. It was God who came and God who began to talk to me about my life and about those things that maybe I needed to do uh, start doing or stop doing or do differently. And as God began to talk to me about that, do you know what really helped me? Is that people who loved me through the process. I wasn't this polished all my life. Maybe I'm not polished right now. I, I don't know. But, uh, but I know I've been on a journey where, where there's people in my, in my past who have loved me through processes and journeys because they're just generous people. And the way that they show their generosity, one way is through how they have loved me. Verse 43 of that, that scripture that we read at the beginning says this, calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. This poor woman has put more into the treasury than all the others. Do you know what? God knows how we see things sometimes. God sometimes has to reveal his truth in the middle of our human viewpoint. And I love this. Jesus with his disciples, I can kind of picture it. He says, will you just come here, boys? Just come here. I just want to tell you what's just gone down. I just want to tell you what, what's just happened. We have watched, you know, everyone come with all of their stuff and put in an offering. I want to draw your attention to this woman. I want to draw your attention to this lady who has just given. And, and as we look at it from a human perspective, she has given the least. But as we look at it from a kingdom perspective, she has given the most. And he, he gathers his disciples around him and he begins to tell them, he begins to teach them. You see, this is the truth, boys, that when we give all that we have, we give the most. And it might not look the most in human terms, but in kingdom terms and in heavenly terms, it looks the most. You see, the truth is not always easy to see. Sometimes we have to close our eyes on the natural and begin to look through a spiritual lens. The natural has to sometimes give way to God's revelation on a subject. Sometimes what we think in the natural is not going to be how God does it in the spiritual. Sometimes we look on situations and in the natural we say that's what should happen. That's how we should deal with it. That's how people should behave. That is the thing that should, that should work. That is the thing that should happen. And actually God comes and he flips all of that upside down. And he says, let, let, let's do this from a kingdom perspective. 
Because the kingdom perspective will always view someone's soul before they view their behavior. Let's be generous in the way that we love right now. Let's be generous in the way that we accept. Let's be generous in the way that we take people under our wing. Let's be generous in the way that we talk to people. Let's be generous in the way that that we encourage one another. You know, this morning, church, you know, it almost feels like the world is trying to shrink in a little bit as as we kind of go through the stuff that we're doing with the coronavirus and stuff like that. But I want to say, actually, that the generosity of our hearts shouldn't shrink right now. It should explode. It should just grow. Because a generous soul will be a loving soul. Our generosity will reveal itself by how well we love those God brings across our path. I don't know about you, but sometimes some of the people God brings across my path, I don't find that easy. I'd love to say I find it really easy all of the time, but I don't always. Sometimes the people God brings across my path that may not have tons to do with me. They may come across my path because of something that's happened that that we don't see eye to eye on. They may come across my path because, you know, I'm I'm a school mum in the playground. And, you know, my kid doesn't like their kid. They may come across my path for 101 different reasons. But those who God brings across my path, the challenge for me and I get it wrong as much as I get it right sometimes, the challenge for me is am I going to be generous in the way that I love them? Because when I'm generous in how I love, when I'm generous in how I forgive, when I'm generous in how I re- release, I will be generous in how, in how I give in a practical financial way because actually it's not holding anything back. Our generosity in loving others will reap a harvest that will become apparent in eternity. You know, we have to love when others won't. And we have to be generous when others won't be. You know, this morning, I've said it already, I'm going to say it again. We have a great opportunity right now. (laughs) And while most people may be panicking, and I can understand that, while most people might live in some fear at the moment, and I understand that, actually, as men and women of God, we have a real opportunity to show our world who God is, to show our world the power of prayer and the power of being generous in every way that we can be. We have an amazing opportunity. We have an opportunity to pray for people. We have an opportunity to uphold our education system. We have an opportunity to pray for our government as they're making decisions that I would never, ever want to make. It's really easy, isn't it, sometimes to sit in our houses and go, oh, they've got that one wrong. Put that out there, they've got it wrong. You know what, I would not want to be in our prime minister's shoes right now. I would not want to be one of the world leaders right now, if I'm honest. Because they've got to make calls and they've got to make decisions. You know what we can do? We can be generous in the way we speak about them. We can be generous in how we pray for them. We can be generous in what we put out on social media about the whole situation. Let's be a church that begins to turn things around a bit. Not a church who just joins in with what everyone else is doing. But a church, how great would it be if we flooded social media with, the, with great things about what God is doing, with, with great things about you know, being generous in our soul, with great things about, you know, let's, let's be praying 
whether we agree or not. God doesn't ask us to agree with everything that people do. He does ask us to pray for them, though. He does ask us to speak well in all situations. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is praiseworthy, think about these things. And so this morning, let's be generous in every way in the coming days and the coming weeks in our nation. Let's be generous in every way. As the people of God, let's begin to turn things around a bit and be generous. And so this morning, can we stand together? I want to pray for us. In our community, Some of you tomorrow morning go and stand in the school playground. Hopefully. Are some of you tomorrow going to work? Are some of you tomorrow speak with your neighbors and your friends? My prayer is this God, give us generous souls. Give us generous hearts, Father God to see the vulnerable, to see the lonely, to see the poor, and to be people who don't withhold anything, but people who give. Lord, let us be people who give with all of our heart. Let us be people, Father God, who give everything that we can do. Father, I pray over this house. I pray for every person right now. Lord God, who isn't here, Lord, will you be with them? Will you be with them? Will you be with our elder genera- elderly generation, Father God? And those people, God, who are on um, kind of uh, stuck because of immune systems and, and all of that kind of stuff, Lord, and so they can't be here for health reasons. Lord, would you be with them today? Lord, would you let them know we're praying for them, that we're thinking of them? Lord, I pray that you will show us practical ways to be generous, Father, with them. And Lord God, Holy Spirit, will you do something in us to cause our generosity to spark something in our community? Father, as we are generous, may people begin to talk about the generosity that we have, Father God, so that you are praised and you are glorified. So, Lord God, be with us, I pray. Every person here, be with them, I pray, Father God, in our week and in our days. Lord God, will you be with us and will you help us? Help us to know what the right thing, help us as leaders, God, to know what the right thing to do is. And, Father God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will be with each one of us and that, Father God, we will find ways in this season, Lord God, to lift your name high. We will find ways to show people the God that we serve, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.